Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Easy Conversations podcast, a podcast about having easy conversations. I'm your host, Furkan Dandia. In this week's episode, I'm excited to welcome Mike Carroll. Mike is an addiction and mental health counselor in the private sector. Mike set up MC Counseling in March 2020, and today MC Counseling is a global online counseling service providing addiction and mental health services and counseling to NDIS participants and corporate EAP clients across Australia. Mike is also the national chapter rural and regional convener for the Australian Counseling Association. Mike has been an AOD counselor for 17 years with an advanced diploma in counseling and communications. Mike brings lived experience to his work with clients and is passionate about personal development and helping people to become the best version of themselves, which is central to his successful outcomes with clients. In this episode, Mike shares his addiction journey and how he overcame addiction by finding love for himself. Mike and I then get into some depth about how social connections are important to overcome addiction. We talk about how most of us have struggled with addiction because we are seeking connections that we lack in our lives. I really hope you get a lot out of this episode. And if at the end, if you could leave a five-star review, I would truly appreciate it. All right, Mike, welcome to the Easy Conversations podcast. I'm super excited to have you on. Uh, we've been able to connect on Instagram, and, and fortunately, I was able to be, uh, be a guest on your podcast as well. But uh, I, I, I'm really excited about the topic we're going to cover. Uh, I feel very passionate about it. And uh, <clears throat> before we get started and have this amazing conversation, I want to give you an opportunity to introduce yourself, I'm assuming people will be able to tell from your accent where you are, but if you don't mind sharing that and and sharing a little bit about what it is that you do. Firk and Dandia, thank you so much for the opportunity to come on Easy Conversations because I've listened to a few of them and I really like the way that you interview people and, and I love the way that the messages that, that you get out to the world, especially via Instagram. So my name is Mike, Mike Carroll. I have an online, a global online addiction and mental health counselling service, and I opened that up just as we went into lockdown. It wasn't supposed to be a online counselling service. We were never meant to meet each other, but of course we were because it was meant to be beach counselling. And then because I live on the beach, the 90-mile beach in Sea Spray, which is in Gippsland, which is in Victoria, which, yes, is in Australia. So... It's been a really interesting ride because I've been a counsellor for 17 years. I've never had my own service, never had the the idea or the concept or, or the know-how to do that. But I've always been very passionate about the alcohol and other drugs industry and also about recovery and removing addiction from people's lives and the systems and the processes that maybe we use these days aren't the best and we can learn from 100 years of trying with systems and services that that haven't worked or, or maybe have worked at the time but need updating the way that life needs updating. And to be able to have this opportunity now to, to have my own counselling service is awesome. And it's awesome because I've got a lived experience of addiction as well as mental illness, um, with anxiety, with depression, with never feeling enough in my life. 
and using drugs and alcohol to to numb that pain as well as that gambling um pornography lots of negative things in my life that meant things weren't never never very very good but i found a way to love me and in loving me the way that i communicate to the world is a whole different way to the way that i communicated when I didn't feel loved. I didn't feel love in myself. I didn't feel it from other people. I, I felt scared of intimacy, which is the ultimate way that two people connect, as we know. And so with all of this, as well as a previous life in commercial radio, um, I was able to bring my experiences, but also ways to help people to, to remove addiction from the, their lives and to live a life that's better without that addiction. And most of us think that, of course, a life will be better without addiction. But unless we've dealt with the trauma and or the problem that was too difficult to solve, that addiction did solve, then we're not really going to be able to solve that addiction problem. So it's the hard work, it's the inner work with trauma. That, that we do to help people to to remove addiction from their lives. So it's very, very heavy work, but it's important work and every client is very different as to what they need. Yeah, yeah, no, that's amazing. And thank you for sharing a little bit about that and, and congratulations for being able to have your own service that you're able to provide to people. And And you've touched on some great notes that I wanted to also discuss with you in this episode. So it's like you had my notes or something, but, <laughs> um, but uh, I, it, the, the fascinating thing or interesting thing I would say, and, and I, I think it's very common myself included quite often, you need to go through that journey yourself before you can truly get to a place where you find that purpose to serve others and, and I think that's amazing. And it sounds like that's kind of been your journey, but are you able to share some of that? Like, where were you in your life prior to that? As you mentioned yourself having the battle with addictions, what kind of place were you in? And, and I know you touched on self-love and we'll get there, but what was that time of your life like? I wasn't like my sisters and my brother. I wasn't like other people. I was this individual soul that that seemed to be able to help everybody else but help himself. And that was okay because I seemed to, right from the get-go, have a way of being able to hear how people spoke and what, what not literally what they said but the tone that was used Um how it came out, how many pauses were there as to what they were really, really saying. And that's a pretty special skill to have. It's almost like that's your that's my superpower, if you like. And to be able to help people in, in that way is 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 awesome, is is beautiful. And I could help other people, but I couldn't help myself. And instead of trying to help myself, I just used more drugs. I used more alcohol. I used more porn because that was the, that was the, instead of having sex, you, I had porn and it just kept on going round and round. And then I did, you know, have times of, of, of not needing anything, but my life wasn't as good then, or I didn't enjoy it as much. 
And so to be able to to leave it behind, but to to find love in me, that was the key to everything changing. To I'll choose who I want, not I'll be lucky if I get somebody that, that wants to go home with me and feel better about me. And that's really at the end of the day, Furkan, that's that we all want connection. Every human being wants connection because that's that's what we're about. Connection, communication, conversation. And we'll do anything to get that connection. If we can't get the connection we require from the trauma that's been in our lives, it's 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 really, really difficult. So we've got to deal with that trauma, look at that trauma as as deeply as we possibly can. And and then work through what it is we need to, to be able to move on. And if it's been a long history of somebody using, it can change if you want to change. Because what we also forget too, the other side of the spectrum is that people have addictions that they love. People might love having their half a dozen beers on a Friday night, but that's all that they have. You know, but it's still really an addiction because they're having it every week. Well, it depends on how you term addiction. And I term it as a response to a problem that we can't really solve. And that's where the addiction comes in. But then there can be healthy ones like exercise addiction. So it depends on the type of addiction and really if that's stopping you from doing parts of what your of your life. And my addiction stopped me from doing parts of my life because I didn't want to travel. I didn't want to do anything because I would be away from it. I'd be away from my safety nest egg, really, which yeah. was which was all the addictions. Right, right. And and you touched on another important point there around connection, and, and we talked about that as well. Where I think I believe it's to your point. We're all seeking that connection so we can be seen, heard, and valued. Right. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. with addictions, we're, we're seeking that connection externally, and and with that. You know, again, to your point earlier, by getting that artificial connection, we're able to feel loved, but that love is very conditional, right? It's conditional on participating in certain things and, and it's, it's, uh, it's not real. And I think that's why we feel worse after the fact, right? When there's a hangover or, uh, when, yeah, the next day when you're not feeling that high, you're you're in a worse state than you were before you started the drug or, or the, the binge drinking because now you feel worse about yourself. What are your thoughts around that? Oh, definitely. It's that, it's that vicious re- revolving circle cycle, isn't it really? And and it's it's like if I keep on that cycle, I'm not going to have to deal with that bad part. So I'll just keep going and going. And then when I step off it and say I'm not going to have any, then all the other parts that we've been blocking out all come to the surface. So you really just want to use more and more and it's easier to believe that my life is just useless. I may as well just give up because you've tried something that hasn't worked and you're so frustrated by that stage that if you decide to get help and it doesn't work straight away, you do give up. And that's why I'm so passionate that there's, millions of different ways to help people with addiction and also with mental illness. You know, we've got to look at mental illness too, that we can improve our mental health by doing different things um, for ourselves that are more, that are more productive 
that are more proactive, such as exercise, such as communication, such as movement of any description. It doesn't have to be exercise, just moving more um, and, and really communicating with, with people on a, daily le- on a daily basis. I've got a thing for myself that I do 10 calls a day. So it could be 10, it could be some work calls, some personal calls, but living by myself, having 10 calls a day, it means you keep in touch with, with society, with humanity. And I think that can be a real big one that can lead to addiction when we're looking for, as you say, external means to satisfy us and we don't because we're not going out. Yeah. So we can use more and more when no one's looking really, can't we? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think I shared this book with you uh, on your podcast episode, but uh, it's called Together, uh, The Healing Power of Human Connection in a Sometimes Lonely World. And, And I think this book really touches on a lot of topics around and everything we're talking about as far as the importance of this human connection is concerned and how we've lost touch. And, and you're starting to see that problem too, where people have lost touch and, and they're more focused on their devices and, and all kinds of stuff in terms of isolating. And, and obviously the pandemic didn't help, but um, there's this part about self-love you mentioned. And, and I think, that it goes back to that when we're not able to love ourselves, we'll, we'll try to seek it externally. And what I found in my case or my experience was quite often we'll trick ourselves saying, oh, if I remove myself from this environment, then maybe I'll be safe. But I, I think it comes back to, again, how comfortable are you in your own skin? And can you sit with yourself? And and I had to really look at myself in the mirror and be like, okay, I'm clearly running away from something. It's time to sit down and find out what that is. And until I didn't get to that point of taking care of myself and loving myself and being comfortable in my skin, I wasn't able to see all the different addictions I had created in my life to keep me disconnected from myself. Hmm. Yeah, big time. What was what was your journey like as far as that's concerned, and and you know what kind of work did you have to do to to get to that point? It's like we find things at the right time in our lives. It's whether we choose to actually go with something new that we probably need when we're probably at the at the time that we're oh I don't know if I should do this. And what I discovered was personal development. I was looking for a job and I came across personal development. It was one of the the biggest outlays of money for a personal development course that I ever made, but it was the best personal development because I still use it today and that was 12 years ago. And I started a business with it and that failed because 13 years or 12 years ago, the world wasn't ready for personal development or personal growth the way the world is right now. That's pretty special. And in amongst personal development, I was able to give up a 25 or 20 year addiction to marijuana like that overnight, because that wasn't part of what I would learn to be a mission statement um, for, or, or, or to be um a mission statement or a, a, a line or a, a mantra for your life that would be how you create your life. 
as opposed to just doing whatever you do and getting some structure with personal development, understanding, leaving the herd, being your own person, your own person that stands strong because you've got something great to offer as every single person does, seeing it differently, believing this should be a topic that's taught in schools because it's so, it's just, it's so different to what we know and what we are, I suppose, sub- subjected to with social media, with with movies, with TV, with uh, right, uh, pop stars. It, it's just, it, it's all about having to, to be this amazing person that we're kind of told we're not, but we are, but in different ways. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. And, and I think we've talked about this as well too, but often it's hard for even people to ask for help because there's so much shame attached to addiction, right? And and one of the things we've talked about is there's certain addictions that are socially acceptable, like your example of the exercise. Perhaps maybe there's nothing wrong with it, but it's socially acceptable, right? Porn is socially acceptable. So you can't even say like people, you know, and I've shared my experience with that too. When, when you kind of talk about it, people are like, well, I just do it. It's there's nothing wrong with it, but <laughs> it's not talked about as a problem or there's other um, forms of addiction like alcoholism or addiction to drugs that are shameful. And it's hard for people to be like, Hey, I'm struggling. I need help or I need a connection here, or maybe don't judge me. Um, but that's not talked about. And I don't know if that's something you've come across and you know, what would you say to people that are, trying to get help and and don't know how to ask. Before I go there, Firkin, I think the important part is that if if I've got a bag of cocaine, I'm cool. If I've got a a pipe, I'm about to smoke some meth, I'm very uncool. Yeah. So it's we stigmatise the addictions, you know, like – and, and like seriously, you know, and, and when we look at it like that, it's like, oh, we've really got no idea. Yeah. Um. What was the question again? I've got before we go. Well, no, no. I, I, I guess thank you for adding that because that's that's another good example. Uh, the question was really centered around because there's so much stigma, like you said, around even within the types of drugs that are used. How can people ask for help? Like, obviously, there's that shame attached to it, right? If there's any time that anybody could ask for help and not feel ashamed of it, it's right now. It doesn't have to be about addiction. It can be about mental health. can be about, you know, the way that you're walking, that you're not happy with it. And, you know, because right now, that's actually cool to ask for help. Most of the time, it's not cool to ask for help. But right now, it is. And the thing is, what I'm discovering is that when somebody asks for help and they tell somebody about it, that becomes the conversation that everybody wants to be part of because they're struggling too. Or is it just that we're all admitting that we're struggling now as opposed to pre-pandemic? So asking for help really should be easy. And if you're struggling with it, it's about saying to yourself, I just, I can't do this myself and I need some help because I've tried and it just doesn't work. And you're wanting to better yourself. 
you're wanting to to do instead of this overthinking about getting help, you actually want to overcome it and live yeah. a better life. And there might be difficulty in being able to obtain help straight away because that's a global issue we have right now. But at least by doing that, you're putting yourself more in the game of wanting to do something as opposed to the thought of it. And that thought can be positive one minute and then by the afternoon that same thought can be a negative thought, which is which makes it very difficult. So yeah. go with it. Know that everybody is now admitting that they need help, but there's now not the help that's necessarily there for people. So the sooner that you do it, you'll actually be ahead of other people that, that haven't asked for help yet that already need it. Does that make yeah. sense? Or is that kind of a roundabout way of answering? No, no, I, I, I agree with you. I think part of it, as, as you can appreciate, you know, there, especially when it comes to anxiety, um, and, and I, could, I believe there could be anxiety even around asking for help because you're worried about what may happen. Um, so quite often with anxiety, we create the situation or worst case scenario in our head, which is far worse than what the outcome could be. Uh, but we, that's how we, we create that narrative in our head. And often with asking for help, it's very similar. We've created the story in our head and, and that becomes our fear. But when we actually start asking for help and opening up, it becomes a lot easier. And often the, the response we get is very positive um, as opposed to what we've thought about in our head. And, and the other piece there is it makes it easier for other people to talk about. Uh, it often gives other people, it empowers other people to speak up about their problems. It helps you to form, again, a connection because you're probably not the only one struggling with something like that because I truly believe we all have some addiction we're dealing with. And the root cause always comes back to seeking that connection. So maybe if we're able to talk about it and ask for help, we can build a community around that and, and support each other. I love it. It also helps to show and demonstrate that the help that maybe you need is different from the help that I need, but it's still anxiety. You know, mm -hmm. it can be classed as the same issue, however, and then that helps just to, to, to demonstrate that. So the reason I think that's important is because people that have tried things before that haven't worked, they can understand that it's not a one, a one size fits all approach. Yeah, and that maybe if they give it another go, they might have some more success, or that is, or that it's just a process. It doesn't just happen straight away. Yeah, no, I agree with you, and and I think, kind of building on that, as as you can appreciate, as well, that it's it's very complicated, right? Like, mm -hmm. it, my level of anxiety may be different from everyone else's, and it may kick in at the most unique times compared to others so it, it's it to your point there's not a one size fits all type of solution but it's not even a one size type kind of fits all uh type of experience either you can't just say hey this we all have the same experience so again if you're able to speak about it it's easier to kind of even put it out there and and understand that yeah while you're having a different experience, what you're struggling with is almost the same as well, right? 
Yeah. And by getting it out there, by externalizing it, you actually help to focus on what's important for you to work out. Because, you know, our mind, our our mind, our brain is just a filing system. And it's a filing system. And so we want to make sure we can get the the most out of it when we need it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So I just want to focus a little bit here on the services you're providing now, because you mentioned something about the beach. So mm-hmm. I want to hear more about that because I'm personally, I'm <laughs> interested. I'm sure the listeners are too. So I was originally going to be beach counseling. So, cause what I did find was when I first moved to sea spray, cause it was only six weeks prior to lockdowns. So I've only been here a couple of years. Um, was that friends that would come, they would be telling me all these things. These are friends that I've known for years, all this stuff about them. And I'm like, hold on, there's something in this. <laughs> Imagine if you did beach counselling because people, when they go to the beach, they seem to talk because of all of the, you know, the the sea air, the wind, the smell of the ocean, the waves crashing. So let's do beach counselling. And then that was that was ended with, with COVID. And so now what's awesome to do, which is it's it is more exciting because it's it's bigger and I do like big, is that it's it's a global addiction and mental health counseling service that has a program to help you get rid of addiction and deal with the issues that have caused that addiction. And also working on anxiety and depression with mental illness and helping people to to live the most holistic life and relying less and less on medication to to be able to solve the problems that are going on. For Mm -hmm. sure, always believe that we need medication at certain times. And of course, consult your GP before stopping any, any medication, of course. But we were never meant to really eat meat we're always meant to be plant-based people. We weren't meant to eat, to, to, to drink cow's milk, but we do. We do all these things we're not really supposed to do and we get these results. So when we change things up and we go for a, a more of a wholesome diet or even a vegan-type lifestyle, mm-hmm. it's completely healthy and it's completely good for us and other parts of us or other issues, um, illnesses, um, can go because you're actually looking after yourself. Just basic, just very briefly, I discovered for myself, I was allergic to milk. Every time I would have coffee, I'd start sneezing. Mm. Almost like I just had a couple of big lines of Coke, Firkin, but I haven't. Um, but and then, and then I went to my friend's house, who's vegan for a weekend, didn't have any normal cow's milk, had vegan milk, which was oat or something. I didn't sneeze all weekend. So it's sometimes with, you know, that's not even an addiction, you know, but it's just to try different things, you get a different result and your life's so much better. I love not sneezing. I mean, I do want to go out with all the wind in sea spray, but not sneezing all the time. I didn't even realise it was due to coffee. It was due to the milk in the, the cow's milk in the coffee. So we can try different things and get different results. Yeah, yeah, for sure. No, that's, uh, that's very interesting. So at the beginning you had mentioned that, in terms of the, the work you're trying to do and the services you're trying to provide are somewhat different now as opposed to what things how things were being done even a hundred years ago. So some of the stuff you've touched on already is you know identifying the uh, the diet and and taking care of yourself. What about the, uh, do you want to touch on the holistic living? So I'm assuming part of that is diet, but what else? 
are you focusing on and with clients and and what kind of results are you seeing from from somewhat of a different approach I think a lot of people with addictions um, want more, 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 more. So I think that as soon as we can break it down and make it as basic as possible, the sooner the better. And when I say that, so I, I use the example of of, um, of my place in Sea Spray. It's very, very cheap. It's literally, it's a beach shack. I've got lots mm-hmm. of great equipment in here because I love my tech and, and I need it for all the stuff we do now, but it's very basic. So I enjoy going to my friend's house to have a shower because my shower, it's like a dripple. I'm a big person. It's a little, little, little drip, but their shower has got, it's fast running. So it's like, you know, and it's got a decent stream of water. It's like, when we can bring things back to basics, life changes because we see things in a whole different way than we have before. And yeah. we don't want, want, wants. We want to give, give, give. So it's the importance of gratitude. If you want something different, love what you've got right now because mm. then you're going to see the difference. How are you yeah. ever going to know it's the better thing if you've never been happy with what you've got right now? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's, and for me, oh my God, I love my materialism. Absolutely love it. But maybe that Porsche boxed up Firkin that I've wanted since I was 14, just like my MacBook Pro, which I do have at 45, 30 years later, um, maybe it's worth waiting for, or, or, or maybe it's worth going, hey, do I really need it? Well, yeah. Let's be honest. I don't know how to use half the MacBook, my MacBook Pro. But, <laughs> but when you look at it like that, it's just like, oh my God. And we bring it back to basics good food, good communication, good relationships, um, healthy living, movement, all of the stuff that if we do that regularly, we're going to be good, healthy human beings, not not putting so many toxic chemicals into our body, whether it's it's, uh, stimulants or depressants. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. <laughs> yeah, and it's important to uh, another point you made there is when you're wanting something, it's also trying to understand where is that need coming from? Like, wh- or sorry, not even that need, where is that want coming from? What void are you trying to fill? Because often that can answer a lot of questions for you. And also going back to that root around connection in terms of what we're seeking, it can help us understand why we want this thing because it might allow us to connect with someone and and that can answer a lot of questions and perhaps you can do do away with whatever that materialistic thing is or or whatever that future want is um and and to your point find gratitude in the present rather than focusing on okay i want this thing tomorrow or in the future And the satisfaction is so much different. And that's something you don't hear talked about that often, that the material, getting the material possession, the satisfaction of that is is so much lesser than enjoying a shower with the shower head that runs heavily because you're a big person and it's nicer because you're feeling that. Actually, that's emotionally connected. And we all know between emotion and logic, emotion's always got to win. So let's give it something to win with. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, <laughs> that's fair. And and what if like, so again, thank you for walking me through your approach and the things you like to focus on with clients. How are you seeing the results? Like, what are you seeing different and what are clients telling you when, you know, they come back and say, Hey, 
this is working or this isn't working? Like, what are you, what type of feedback are you getting? Oh, it works for everybody. And come on, let's be honest. You know, everybody walks away a winner. <laughs> <laughs> what I get is the, the biggest thing that comes to mind straight away is that I never thought there was trauma attached to my addiction. And it wasn't mm. until you, you let me talk for almost the whole, which the whole session. And then you said two things at the end. I'm like, oh my God, I just, I didn't know it was that simple or, 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 or that that's what it was. And so giving them their wow moment um, as they're talking or after they've finished talking that they never expected to get um, mm. makes them see things differently. So the, the, the trauma that's attached to it also just that other things that they weren't aware of. And I think that's, that's, that's the big thing. There's obviously, I don't want to say the obvious, but I want to say the more, what we could see more as being a reason for addiction. And when I say that, I mean like childhood sexual abuse or childhood abuse or family violence or, or any of any of that kind of thing that that's, that's definitely there. But mm-hmm. the other side of it is, is, is a side that, that isn't necessarily, I don't know how I put this, um, but looking at all different ways to, to, to help people that's different and giving them a wow moment is the way to help them because that's the motivating factor that's going to help them to be able to do it when, the t- when it's tough. And if they can overcome that, we see other areas of their life that improves and that just happens over seeing them a week later and, and then that happening there. You know, so that's that's the difficulty there in, 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 in regards to that. Yeah, yeah, no, no, that's that's a great point. And I think the trauma aspect again allows us to have compassion and empathy for the the concept of addiction. And like I said, we can all experience it, but it's understanding that there's that bit of trauma too that the person is trying to numb or or again seek that external validation or whatever it is it allows you to again get to that human level and and have that appreciation for others and what they may be going through and perhaps look at being more of a support rather than kind of looking at people and to your point earlier oh that's not cool and that's cool right so so it it comes back to that whole understanding of the human experience and and being supportive even from that standpoint and I think too of having that individualized response to yourself as to what's happened it doesn't need to be a universal response. It can be your response, but it doesn't need to be responded to with addiction. It can be mm-hmm. responded to with your emotion that may have been too much up until this point for you to be able to deal with, which is really special in itself because it means so much to you. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And then there's this other aspect of service that we've probably touched on a little bit. But what I found, you know, reading through some of the material, what Alcoholics Anonymous uses, the concept of the sponsor, where both the sponsor and the person who's participating in the program are both getting something out of it because, again, they're they're serving each other. And you quite often find that when people are able to seek out service, it could be whatever form in terms of being able to support others or help or give back, then you're able to, again, connect with yourself on a deeper level and often overcome 
that addiction. Service is so important. It really is. But it doesn't need to be to a program. It needs to be about helping somebody else in their in in their own right. So mm-hmm. service might be for me. It's vol- although it was a a voted on position, it's volunteering my time for the Victorian Alcohol and Drug Association as a board director that helps all of the government funded um, agencies, which does nothing for me. They're if you like, more, they're my opposition or they're my competition. But yeah. the service is I can bring my knowledge of a lived experience to a board level and be able to talk about how we can help people. In -hmm. Victoria, we've just had a Royal Commission into Mental Health, and with that, it's a lived experience workforce, so I can assist with that. That's the service that we've got to talk about. That's obviously service on a big level in terms of what I'm talking about. But the service you can be is showing other people that they can get off the drugs, off the gambling, off the porn, off the whatever, that there is hope. There is hope for everybody and there's hope for them and, and they've found that. So service is important, but it's it's about helping the person, not helping the program. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you, Mike. That was, uh, that was really great. And, uh, you know, everything you've shared has been uh, great to hear. It's been a lot for me to learn as well. But before we end this, uh, for listeners that want to get a hold of you, or, or find you online, uh, what are some ways they can do that? For sure. So there's the mccounseling.com and being in Australia, it's a double L with the counseling. So mccounseling.com. And you can also find us on Instagram at mccounseling. And also to um, my link tree is mike.carol. It's nice and easy. And that's got all the links to all the podcasts as well. So there's an intersex podcast. There's a an addiction podcast, which is removing addiction. And there's lots of other directory listings and whatnot as well. So you can find out all about me uh, should you need my services. Awesome. Yeah. And I'll put all that in the show notes for listeners as well. Uh, Mike, thank you again for coming on here and having this conversation with me. Very much appreciated. Thank you so much, Firkin. It's been an absolute honor and a privilege. And uh, you do some great work. And I, I love seeing your success too. So thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to another episode. As always, please subscribe to the podcast if you enjoy the episodes or leave a comment in the comment section. I always love hearing from you. Thank you again and until next week.